Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. There are a lot of players that have pressure on them going into the postseason, but who are the top five in the NBA facing that? Chris Carlin, Chris Canty, in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on your smart speaker by saying play ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80 as well. And we are presented by Progressive Insurance. And also excited that it was announced yesterday, Canty and Carlin begins two weeks from yesterday, April 25th. Hello. On ESPN Radio, 3 to 7 p.m. You're going to get a big dose of me, big fella. I can't wait for it, man. I'm fired up, ready to roll, and it's going to be exciting, man, because we got the NFL draft that is upon us 16 days until we start talking about these college guys getting a bag of money and being drafted into the league. And then also we got the NBA playoffs that'll be in full swing and Major League Baseball in the first month of the season. So a lot to get into, big fella. I'm sure that a lot of people are going to like what we have to say. Some people aren't. But all in all, it's going to be a fun conversation, and it's going to be a wild ride. Yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun doing the show, and it's going to be about just not taking ourselves too seriously, but at the same time, getting into it with what you care about. Again, it's 3 to 7 Eastern time, beginning April 25th on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Chris, going through the playoffs this year, as the play-in tournament begins tonight with the two 7-8 games, the Cavs and Nets, the earlier game, Clippers and T-Wolves, the 7-8 game out west later on, we're looking at the top players that are facing the most pressure in the league. And I have come up with a list of the top five players in the NBA that are facing the most pressure this postseason. I'm going to hit you with it. You ready to go? I'm ready to roll. All right. Number five, and we will go from five to one, obviously, Devin Booker. And when I look at how the Phoenix Suns got to the finals last year, Devin Booker was such a tremendous, tremendous player. But now it's about elevating to that next level. It's not even winning a championship, but it's getting closer. It's not losing in five games, and it's dominating like the great players in the league do. Now, there's a teammate there that may be facing a lot of pressure as well, but for me, when you're Booker and you want to ascend to that superstar level, this is where you make your bones, and we saw that last year with Giannis, who was already a superstar but was able to get over the hump. Booker's a guy that I honestly believe does face a lot of pressure this postseason. Yeah, I'm not. A, I, I can absolutely see where you're coming from with that. And it's interesting because we're talking about the team from the West that was in the NBA Finals a year ago. Devin Booker is the best player. And he was certainly a guy that guys in NBA circles felt like should be more in the MVP conversation. We know that you make your money in the regular season. You make your legacy in the postseason. This is an opportunity for Devin Booker relatively early in his NBA career to establish his legacy and ascend to being one of those superstar MVP caliber players. All right, number four, Jokic. 
Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets are the sixth seed out west. I don't know who expects what from the Nuggets this year. They've got the Warriors in the first round, but we talk so much over the course of the year about Jokic and the MVP award again and how he creeped up on Embiid and maybe he was able to pass him with some of the performances late in the season. But we never seem to talk about Jokic in the postseason. And I, I get it. I know Jamal Murray is a mystery at this point. And what's up with Michael Porter Jr.? Not playing right now. The Nuggets may not be a team that anybody expects to go very far. But I'd like to see Jokic put a team on his back and, let's say, take a team to the Western Conference Finals. He's been there once before. Is he that amazing of a player where he's capable of doing that? And the Warriors are still dealing with Steph Curry injury concerns. Yeah, I hear where you're coming from, but it, it just seems like Jokic has so much stacked against him, right? Michael Porter Jr. dealing with injury, having Jamal Murray out with injury. I, I just – I don't know that it's fair to put Jokic in that category of guys that are under the most pressure going into this postseason because I don't think anybody would be surprised if the Denver Nuggets got bounced by the Golden State Warriors in round one. You're talking about a team that has championship pedigree. Even if Steph Curry isn't 100%, you got Klay Thompson, you got Jordan Poole, you got Draymond Green, you got Andrew Wiggins. You got more firepower with Golden State. Not to mention, you probably have the coaching edge with Steve Steve Kerr over Michael Malone. So I I just – I don't know how much pressure Jokic is going to be under going into this postseason. So that's one of those I got to fade you on, big fellow. Okay, fair enough. Number three – Jason Tatum of the Celtics. Again, along the lines of being a superstar player in the league, he has ascended to that level, but where does he stack up? The Celtics are the two seed. They have no problem in facing the Nets because we have discussed how over the weekend, the Celtics were not concerned about where they ended up as far as a seed. You know, you could argue that maybe the Sixers did not want to see the Nets in round one, Mm -hmm. but... If you're the Celtics, nobody was afraid of him there uh, in Boston. And for me, Jason Tatum is such a dynamic player that he needs to be able to prove, and we're making the assumption that they're going to face Brooklyn, that Brooklyn's going to win tonight, that he's on that level with Durant and Kyrie, that he can, you know, along with Jalen Brown, carry a team and beat a team that might be slightly better in terms of talent, but really helped justify what the Celtics did during the year. To me, it's such a massive letdown for the Celtics to be the two seed in the East, and people are going to say they just got a bad draw. I don't buy it. You you have to win that series. Yeah, you can't get bounced in the first round by the Brooklyn Nets again. It can't happen in back-to-back years, not if you're Jason Tatum. And I get it. You got a rookie head coach in 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 Udoka. And I I understand that there's always a learning curve when it comes to playoff basketball and playoff intensity, not just from a player's perspective, but also from a coaching perspective. But you're not going against Red Auerbach. This is Steve Nash. And so I I look at it from Tatum's perspective. Yeah, he's got to be under a lot of pressure and to be the two seed and to be a team that beat the Brooklyn Nets three of the four times you matched up against them in the regular season, you got to find a way to be able to get this done and go on a deep playoff run. So I'm right there with you. Um, The advanced metrics love the Boston Celtics. And so if you're Jason Tatum, like the time is now to be able to get this done. Carlin, 
one of the things that I just can't get past every time I look at Jason Tatum's resume, feels like this guy has been around forever, and I guess he yeah. has because this is his fifth NBA season. What is he, 23? He's 24 years old. 24. He just turned 24 yeah. in March. He's 24 years old and already a three-time All-Star and an All-NBA performer. Unbelievable. But now is the time for Jason Tatum to ascend to that territory that we reserve for you know the top eight to ten players in the NBA. Like It's time for him to establish that, and beating the Brooklyn Nets with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving would go a long ways to doing that. Can you imagine if the Sixers had taken Jason Tatum instead of Markel Fultz? Oh, oh my oh, God. I'm sure they're oh, still kicking themselves. What a disgusting draft one. pick. Oh. That, that, more so than the burner accounts, might have been Brian Colangelo's worst mistake. Well, well, well here's, the, here's the one thing I will say about that, Carlin. Remember, Jason Tatum was the third pick, and my Lakers had a chance to take Tatum with the mm-hmm. second pick. They took one Lonzo Ball, so I don't feel great about that. Either. How's that working out for you? Mm, not so much. Yeah, it is Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio, taking you through the top five players going into the NBA postseason with the most pressure on them. Number two is Kyrie Irving, and tangentially – it's Kevin Durant based on Irving's play. We heard from Wendy earlier. Through all of his actions, Kevin Durant has continually stood by Kyrie Irving. And now Irving needs to pay it off. Uh, this postseason is massive. Considering everything that he has done the last couple of years, between just stepping away for a few weeks, between the issues with vaccination, Irving has to show up in a massively big way because if the mentality among Durant and Irving is going to be just be there for the playoffs and we'll be fine, you better just be there for the playoffs because otherwise you ain't going to be fine. Yeah, the last couple of years, the Brooklyn Nets have operated under the premise that they can just flip a switch when it comes to postseason basketball, and it caught up to them against the eventual world champion Milwaukee Bucks. Now, even though they took that series to a Game 7 and they came a Kevin Durant shoe size away from being able to win that game, you're still talking about them not realizing the expectations that they put on themselves when they decided to team up three years ago in free agency and come to the Nets. So... Yeah, there's got to be a lot of pressure on Kyrie Irving to make this work, and Kevin Durant is locked in, and Kevin Durant has backed Kyrie Irving the entire time he's been there. We just had Brian Winhurst on our show in the first hour, and he was making the point that the Brooklyn Nets mortgaged a lot of assets, future assets, in order to bring James Harden over from Houston and essentially got nothing out of the deal, and Kyrie Irving was a big reason why James Harden wanted out. So if you're Kyrie Irving, You have to do everything that you can to support Kevin Durant, and that means being able to have success in the postseason and get KD where he wants to be, which is potentially adding more championships on his resume. Number one is the aforementioned Harden. Now, in Houston, he forced out Chris Paul. He forced out Russell Westbrook. He forced out Dwight Howard in his prime. Then he forced his own way out of town. And inside of a year, forced his way out of Brooklyn, where you had those two superstars already, because he felt, no matter why, that his best chance to win a championship was in Philadelphia. Well, if there is this massive drop-off in his game, and he is not the player that he was just even maybe a year or two ago, Kevin uh, James Harden has really just shown himself to be 
a, a complete waste of time in trying to win a championship because you have done everything you can the wrong way to get out of town, not had any regard for anyone else, completely tanked your way out on a few occasions now, and you go to Philadelphia, a town that is not easy. You get the GM that you want with Daryl Morey, who you love. And now you might potentially get an extension. And the coach that you want, if it doesn't work out, boy, I'm sorry. If I'm the Sixers, I got an awful lot to think about if they get bounced early. And I don't want to hear about Matisse Thybul not going to Canada either, by the way. Yeah, I mean, but that is a that is a thing. Matisse it's a Thibel thing, is but a, it's is, not going to be the difference in them winning He's or losing. No, well, I don't I don't know if that's the case. You're already talking about a team that has a relatively short bench and we know it gets shorter in the postseason and now not having your best defensive player, that that creates some problems for the Philadelphia 76ers and that just means that James Harden has to do more in over to overcome any type of warts that this Sixers team is going into this series with the Raptors with. So, yeah, you're right. James Harden has to be front and center in terms of pressure on him and when you start looking at all of the different star players that he's divorced over the past four or five seasons, you start to wonder, you know, was it those other star players or is James Harden the common denominator? Is he a guy that can actually get this done? He's now paired with a big man that is the first center to win the scoring title since Shaquille O'Neal did it two decades ago. This is on him in order to make this situation work. And if you're talking about an early exit for the Sixers, then that narrative is going to continue to spiral out of control. And I'm pretty sure that James Harden and Daryl Morey will be dealing with an uncomfortable offseason with a lot of chatter from Philly fans, especially given that they're going to give him that five-year contract extension with north of $200 million. So I just – this is a situation now that James Harden has got to put up or he's got to shut up. That's the reality of it. Is there a player that I missed – badly on on this list in other words is there a player that i did not put on this list who deserved to be on it in terms of the most pressure oh yeah chris paul i i you know you had devin booker on that list and i thought it was i mean i can understand why you would say devin booker but chris paul hasn't really been able to stay healthy the last four or five postseasons and you're probably talking about you know, last year and this year being his best chances of being able to add a ring to his resume. I mean, for an all-time player, one of the greatest point guards in NBA history, a top 75 guy, if he doesn't have a ring, I mean, how you start to wonder what will his legacy be, what will folks remember him for, and it could be in that same vein as, you know, a Dan Marino in the National Football League, a great player in his right, in his generation, but not good enough to be able to get it done. I think that's that will that's what will be the lasting memory of Chris Paul, the fact that he was a great point guard that never won a championship with a team that was a title contender for a couple of seasons in Phoenix. Now, I also think it's interesting that you didn't include anybody from the Miami Heat, mm. and they're the number one team in the Eastern Conference and pretty much been in pole position in the East for the entirety of the season. Like, we have no Jimmy Butler on that list. Uh, I mean, I just – I think it's interesting – that, you know, everybody kind of looks past the Miami Heat when it comes to the Eastern Conference playoff field. 
And I think they do it justifiably so. Tune in <laughs> to the ESPN Daily Podcast, bringing you a deep dive into a single story from one of ESPN's hundreds of reporters, presented by Supercuts. Download, subscribe, and review ESPN Daily, available wherever you enjoy your podcasts. It is Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio, coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. Next, there is a group of delusional people out there as the NBA playoffs begin. We will address them directly and try to wake them up. It is next. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio for Greeny. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Greeny, the podcast. Ben Simmons? Really? So Ben Simmons is according to Woj, possible uh, that, he may retur- that he may return for the first round of the postseason and could maybe give the Nets 15, 18 minutes a game. They are, quote, optimistic about it. There is some optimism about the situation. They put out <laughs> plenty of workout videos, Chris, and let me tell you something. If you need a workout video and someone to star in it, Ben Simmons is the George Clooney of workout videos. (laughs) There is not a better actor on the planet in workout videos than Ben Simmons over the course of his career. I mean, he could direct, he could be Spielberg, too, at how those things come out and how great they look and look at how good Simmons is. Uh, Chris, I have absolutely no confidence whatsoever that he could come back and he could be a major factor in helping the Nets. None. Yeah, I don't either. I, I don't know how you could. We haven't seen the guy play basketball in a year, and the last time we saw him, it wasn't great. So I, I don't know that you can put a lot of stock in the Nets' optimism that he's going to be back and a key contributor during their playoff run. I just don't see it. The workout video was great. The turnaround jumper from the mid-range looked wet. But until Ben Simmons actually does that in the game and we see him getting back to an all-defensive team type of performer, I just can't trust that he can be an integral part of what the Nets do when they're going up against the Boston Celtics or when they're, you know, potentially advancing to the second second round or the Eastern Conference Finals. I just don't see him playing that kind of a role. Think about this, Carlin. The guy is coming off of a back injury, not to mention the mental health issues that he has, and he's playing – at the most intense time during the NBA season. Like, that's the other thing that folks don't realize. The intensity gets ratcheted up once we get to playoff-style basketball. We're not going to see games in the, you know, 120, 130 range. These are going to be closely contested. 
Guys defend on every single possession. Teams actually play hard for all 48 minutes. So this is a situation that you want to thrust Ben Simmons into after not playing basketball competitively for a year. I don't think that's doing right by the player, and I don't think that's doing right by your organization. Like, if you're Brooklyn, you want to give yourself every chance to make Ben Simmons' reclamation project a success story because that's essentially all you have to show for all of the draft capital you gave the Houston Rockets for James Harden. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous to believe that this is uh, possible. And I'm sure the Nets believe that it's possible and Ben Simmons believes that it's possible. But no contact in a year. It's one thing with workout videos. And trust me, those editors, they should be up for some Oscars because they're <laughs> not showing us a lot of things that are not going right over there. I guarantee you that. A lot of missed shots. And it's not even about shooting. I, I hate the idea, Chris, of saying, well, he's a capable defender. He's a very good defender, in fact. Excellent. Well, you know, the last time I saw him was against Game 7 with, with uh, Trey Young. And that didn't go well. And Trey Young in his career against Simmons is averaging 27, 10 assists, and four rebounds. I mean, that, that's a difference-making player right there. Um, it's not like it's definitively a shutdown situation. Can he rebound? Yes. Can he distribute? Yes. He can do a lot of different things well. Overall, I don't think he's a winning player. I think he's a front runner, And I don't think he's somebody that you can look at and say, yep, that guy missing key to what we need and he has shown himself to be who he has been throughout his career so far and so I'm going to believe him based on his actions well here's what I will say um as far as Ben Simmons the defender Ben Simmons is a really really good defender and I remember that series that they played against the Atlanta Hawks and when they threw Ben Simmons on Trey Young Trey Young had a tough time being able to facilitate the offense, and he had a heck of a lot of turnovers in Game 7. I want to say he had six or seven turnovers in Game 7 of that series. Um, so I, I, don't, I don't see Ben Simmons the way you do as far as his defensive contribution. And on the offensive end, I think Ben Simmons does a lot of good things. I mean, two years ago, you're talking about a guy that created more three-point makes than any other ball handler in the NBA. So I, I, I can't be dismissive of the things he does well, although it does seem like he does it in an unconventional way. The question that I have for Ben Simmons moving forward is, can he fit into what Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are with this Brooklyn Nets team? To me, he's going to have to be a primary ball handler, and if he is, is he a guy that you can trust to make free throws down the stretch? Is he a guy that can be serviceable enough to knock down a mid-range jump shot? Like, those are the things that he's going to have to do in order for the Nets to realize their full potential as a team. And I have zero confidence that that's going to happen this year. But I don't think you're looking at the Ben Simmons play as a, a proposition only for 2022 postseason. I think that's a long-term thing because you're talking about a guy that's under contract for three more years. So I, I just – I think it's about making sure – that the Ben Simmons experiment gets off to the best of starts, and I don't think you're putting a player in a position to win by thrusting him in there in the playoffs. Canty and Carlin filling in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus. Up next, the NFL draft is rapidly approaching. How are teams adjusting what they see from prospects and who they're looking at 
for potential trades. One of our ESPN NFL analysts joins us next with the answers to those questions. It is Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greenie today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greenie, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast. Cantia Carlin in for Greeny. NFL draft rapidly approaching. Awesome right now to welcome in the great Booger McFarlane, ESPN NFL analyst. He will be part of ESPN's draft coverage, and he joins us right now on the phone. Booger, it is Chris Carlin and Chris Canty. What's going on, man? How are you? Gentlemen, how are we doing, Carlin? Good to talk to you again. Canty, what's up, buddy? How are we? I can't call a big fella. Glad to have you on the show, man, and glad to be talking some NFL. We got 16 days to the draft, and I know you're looking forward to being on the coverage. And one of the guys that's going to be front and center has got to be what we're going to see from those teams that have two first-round draft picks in this upcoming draft. You've got eight teams that have two first-round picks, and everybody wants to know what the Jets and what the Giants are going to do. And so from your perspective, what direction do those franchises need to go? Well, I think when you look at the Jets, you know, I'll start with them. I think they're going to go all in helping this quarterback. Um, Not that the defense couldn't use another piece or two under Robert Sala, who's the defensive head coach. I just think that when you draft a quarterback at two overall last year, uh, you kind of make a commit commitment to him. Um, I think overall it's got to be maybe a wide receiver. You could lean offensive line, but I think you got to look at the combination that's been had between Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow and some of these other prolific tandems. You got to kind of give uh, Zach Wilson his guy. So uh, there's going to be Drake London there, Garrett Wilson, uh, Chris Olave. It's going to be a lot of receivers there they'll have their opportunity to get the first receiver there for. As far as the Giants, uh, I mean, they went all in on the skill guys. What, last year, right? I mean, you had Galladay, they got Kadarius Toney. Uh, Andrew Thomas wasn't good to begin the year, but he got a lot better. Uh, I didn't think that could happen, but he did. He really surprised me. 
But I still think they need another piece on the offensive line. They'll have an opportunity, I think, to take the best tackle on the board, which depends on who you talk to. It could be Iki Iquanu out of NC State. could be Evan Neal from Alabama. But I think that's where those two teams, and then when they come back with their second pick, if they do make that, then you can kind of get creative. The Jets may want to go corner a pass rusher. The Giants may want to move out of that spot from what I'm hearing. A lot of flexibility when you're on two picks that early. Booger, your uh, Peloton competitor and colleague, Dan Orlovsky, uh, tweeted and mentioned this yesterday. You talked about trying to help out Zach Wilson as much as the Jets can. Would you trade the 10th pick if the Jets could get DK Metcalf? No, I wouldn't uh, because DK Metcalf is coming to a point where I, I think that not that he's not worth it, but he's coming to a point where he's going to want a new contract. He's going to want $25, 26000000 million a year. And I'm not sure if I would put DK in the category with those guys. And Kansas, you help me out here. Do, do you think DK is Tyreek Hill? Is he Devontae Adams? Is he Stephon Diggs? I don't think he's quite in that category. And, that, and that's not a knock on him. I think he's a tick below, so I'd have a hard time paying him that much money. So why trade for him if you're not willing to give him $26, $27 million a year? That's just my take. Talking with ESPN NFL analyst Booger McFarlane on Greeny. And Booger, we saw Tua Tagovailoa host a luau to support big, uh, big brothers and big sisters down in South Florida. And one of the things that he said was he never felt this level of support from the organization with having his offensive coordinator, his quarterback coach, and his head coach show up for his event, how much pressure is on Tua going into this upcoming season, knowing how the Dolphins have tried to support him this offseason, signing two offensive linemen, making the trade for Tyree Kill, and signing two running backs to be in the backfield with him? How, how much pressure is on Tua this year? Well, I think there's a ton on him, right, with everything that you mentioned. And plus, we're getting to the point in his contract where we got to figure out what Tua is and what he can be. And based on the number of picks that the, the Dolphins own next year, I think we can all surmise this is a prove-it year for Tua. Because if he proves it, now the, 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 the Dolphins use those picks and they go elsewhere next year. But if he doesn't prove it, then they're, they're either going to package those picks and go try to get a veteran superstar or they're going to draft somebody. So, yeah, they've taken away all the excuses. Tua doesn't have protection. Check. We go get offensive linemen. Tua doesn't have a go-to guy. Check. You go get the faster receiver in football and Tyreek Hill. So, and they've drafted offensive linemen. So this organization has tried over and over to help Tua Tungabaloa. Now, guess what, Kansas? he got to help himself by going out and playing better. Booger, when you look at the draft and the teams that are really kind of strapped in terms of trying to get better, what, what team do you really feel like has a chance to – get impact players in this draft and it's going to make a difference for them in short term if there is a team? Well, I, I, I think when you say short term, then I think we're talking about wide receivers or defensive guys, uh, i.e. a corner or a pass rusher, because the, those other positions take time, right? The quarterback's going to take time. The offensive line are going to take time. I don't think there's a running back that's going to be drafted in the first round. So all those things have to factor in. I think when you look at a team kind of in that 10 to 12 mix right there, if you look at Minnesota, Minnesota may have the most prolific offense in football, right? You look at their weapons, Steelen, Jefferson, Cook. Uh, although some people hate Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins wasn't bad. If you give them an impact piece on defense, and, and, and I'm just making this up, 
imagine a Micah Parsons-like impact on the Vikings' defense. Let's remember, remember how Parsons impacted the Cowboys, right? Yep. Imagine if the Vikings could find that impact on defense. Yeah, they could, they could make a, 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 a drastic difference in that team. Um, is there a Michael Parsons in this draft? No. Uh, are there guys that can make an impact defensively in this draft? Yeah. I think Derek Stingley, Sauce Gardner. I think you look at Devin Lloyd. Uh, there are a lot of guys that can make impact uh, make an impact for a team like Minnesota because they're in that sweet spot. They're not terrible, but they are deficient in some areas. And for the Vikings, it's their defense. So they got to get a piece or two on defense. And if they do, Minnesota can, can play with anybody because their offense is as prolific as anybody in football. Booger, the Cleveland Browns went out and signed Josh Dobbs over the weekend to be their third-string quarterback. What, what do they do, and what's the timeline for them dealing Baker Mayfield, and what's going to be the best landing spot for Baker? Well, I think Baker has to come to the realization that um, – and then also the Browns do, to be honest with you, that Baker's going to be a backup. So whoever's trading for a backup quarterback, take the name Baker Mayfield out of it, and what would you give up for a backup quarterback? So that's going to determine when – and where he's traded to. Because I think people are looking at, man, I'm trading for the number one overall pick. Nah, he hadn't played like that. What you're trading for is a guy who is probably going to be your backup, and if somebody gets hurt, he can come in. He's got starting experience. Uh, Timetable? I wouldn't really be in a hurry. Uh, Yeah, you would like to get that $19 million off your your books, but, I I mean, if a team is – if you're Cleveland, are you going to have to eat some of that money to get him off? Maybe. Um, but I think overall, this thing will wind up coming to a head when Cleveland realizes that Baker really isn't a number one overall pick based on performance. And the team that's looking for competition or looking for a backup quarterback says, okay, I'm cool with trading a five for Baker. Because I think if the Browns would accept the fifth round pick, Baker would have been traded. It sounds like to me they want a little bit more. And also, if you're going to ask a team to eat all $19 million, then you're probably going to have to take less. So, uh, it just depends on when everybody comes to the realization that he is not a number one overall pick that's been performing like a number one overall pick. Therefore, the compensation should not dictate that. Booger, real quick. Uh, it was announced yesterday that Canty and I are going to be working together, uh, doing a show every day, 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN Radio. You and I have probably done 10 or 15 shows together. Give him an idea of what he's in for. Well, first of all, congratulations to you both. I know how important it is to you both, Kenty. I've admired how your, your broadcasting career has taken off, so much respect on that. As, as, as far as you can um, understand, working with Colin is this. Uh, most things are going to relate and revolve around food, okay? <laughs> uh, let's, remember, let's, let's remember what he is, and we all have to be – um, kind of, kind of self, self-identifying of who we are. He is a guy who lacks hair. He is a little round, and he loves food. So if we, if we remember all those things, Kennedy, Kenty, I think everything will go fine with the show. <laughs> Booger, like they told us, when you got into the NFL, you got to know your personnel. <laughs> got to know your personnel, buddy. <laughs> I appreciate the fact that he called me just a little round, Booger. Awesome stuff. Appreciate it, man. Thanks. Looking forward to the draft. Y'all have a great day, man. Congrats again. 
Thank you. ESPN NFL analyst Booger McFarlane joining Canty and Carlin, filling in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio. He will be a part of all of the NFL draft coverage coming up on Thursday, April the 28th. In growing companies, there are two kinds of CFOs, the one overwhelmed with manual processes, errors, and lack of control of the numbers, and the one who uses NetSuite by Oracle, the number one cloud financial system. With visibility and control of financials, inventory, HR, planning, and budget, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. The CFOs that get it, get it. The CFOs that don't, don't. Head to NetSuite.com slash for a special one-of-a-kind financing offer. That's NetSuite.com slash Earlier on the show, Brian Windhorse, ESPN NBA insider, and of course from the Hoop Collective podcast joins us, uh, joined us in we were talking about Russell Westbrook's comments yesterday, not just about Frank Vogel, and he didn't know what his problem with him was, but also that LeBron and AD, when they had said during the offseason that they were going to let Russ run the show, Russ said, well, that just wasn't true. So here is what Wendy had to say about Westbrook's comments and exactly what a coach might think of that particular situation. If you're a coach and you have the real reality that you may have to, you may have to deal with Westbrook for next season because getting out of that is not going to be simple. And you just heard the way Westbrook talked about his coach and the way Westbrook talked about wanting to play. I wouldn't want to be there if he's there. I'd be like, I want him out of there. And, you know, frankly, I thought Frank Vogel was more supportive of Westbrook than he should have been. He stuck with him longer. He stuck. He kept him in the starting lineup longer. If you want to criticize Frank Vogel for stuff that he did this year, he was too supportive of Westbrook. And here we have Westbrook talking about how he wasn't. I mean, it's borderline delusional. And I can't come into a situation when I've got a really good job right now or other options and try to deal with a player who is delusional like this. I don't know what the Lakers do with Westbrook at this point, Chris. Well, here's the thing. They got to move off of him. I mean, it's clear that Russell Westbrook felt a way about Frank Vogel, but also about LeBron and AD integrating him in the team and allowing him to do what he does best, which is be the primary ball handler and facilitate the offense. That did not happen. And the reality is that the Lakers' failures this year go well beyond the injury issues. There was a lack of chemistry. This team was awful defensively, and they had no identity. They weren't building toward anything. And, Carlin, I'll say this. A part of why LeBron and AD pushed for Russell Westbrook to come over from Washington was because they realized that both of those guys have struggled to stay healthy the past couple of years. So you were thinking with Russell Westbrook and one of the other two guys that are a part of that big three, your team will have a chance to still compete at a high level. Guess what didn't happen this year? That. Yep. Of the 53 games that two of the big three played, the Lakers had a 20-33 and 33 record. 13 games under 500. If you can just be 500 in those games, you're talking about the Lakers not only not being in the play-in, but they would be in a real playoff series to start the postseason. That's not the case. So this is disastrous. 
There's no other way to frame it, and there's no way that the Lakers have a future with Russell Westbrook if they intend on trying to capitalize on LeBron James in the twilight of his career. All right, that's What's on Your Mind, brought to you by My Computer Career, training for a better life. Canty and Carlin for Greeny on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Ten seconds, give me your picks tonight. Who you've got, Cavs, Nets, Clippers, Timberwolves. I've got the Nets over the Cavs, and I've got the T-Wolves. Pulling it off against the Clippers. I know the Clips have more experience, but I like Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns. I like Anthony Edwards a lot, too, but I'm going to take the Clippers tonight. And I got the Nets, but this is not going to be an easy night for the Nets in Brooklyn, as maybe they might anticipate. I'll tell you, the play-in getting going tonight, this is a lot of intriguing storylines that the league has right now. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.